Hi, everybody. This is Ken Dunnick, co-host of The Bird Brains with Ken and Mark. We recorded this podcast prior to the announcement of Jalen Hurts' contract extension today. Hope you enjoy this special Super Bowl recap and 2023 draft edition of The Bird Brains with Ken and Mark. Here we are, ladies and gentlemen, hope springs eternal. We're going to talk about Eagles football. We're going to talk about the draft. We're going to talk a little bit about the disappointing end to the Super Bowl. Let me introduce myself before we get started. I'm ex-Philadelphia Eagles, Philadelphia Stars, tight end Ken Dunnick. And my partner is the longtime beat writer for NJ.com and the Trenton Times covered the Eagles for many, many years, Mark Eckel. Mark, how are you? We're I'm, we're doing I'm doing a lot better than than the last time we uh, yeah we well let's did ex- this, and I think you are too yeah let's explain to everybody we've had a little absence here of course we couldn't even do a Super Bowl recap so we're going to discuss that a little bit um, today but um, I was thinking about changing the name of our podcast yeah. Mark to the uh, to the Bypass Brothers because you there and you I know. both had bypasses you, you had a quad as well right no three you had oh three, three. yeah well, I, I wanted, to beat, I wanted to beat you I want to beat you by one so I, I went for four and these were two situations that were totally out of the blue we didn't see him coming thank yeah. goodness we got checked out in time and uh I I know I'm about uh, 11 weeks post-surgery and I feel great I actually played golf this weekend if you can imagine oh, nice. uh, only 11 weeks later so I feel great, and um, how are you doing overall? I'm doing well. I am. Um, I'm about. Let me see. December is okay. I'm about four months now. Matter of fact, tomorrow we, we're taping this on on a Monday. Um, Tuesday, I get my echocardiogram, so I'll know a lot more. Um, I'm pretty optimistic. My doctor's pretty optimistic that it's going to come back and um, look pretty, and hopefully look a lot better than it did the night I was in the hospital. Yeah. So, um, you know, yeah, things are going well. I'm, Good. I, I hope you're doing the same. I mean, I'm, I've, I've been working out more than I have in probably 30 years, and I'm eating better than I have in a long time. Well, as I, well. So I've got a, I've got a gym in my basement, so I have okay. no excuses. I am using it much more often than I used to in the past. I am watching my diet. I've lost about 20 pounds from my high, and trying to maintain that way. Would like to lose a little bit more, but walking religiously every day and. Yeah. Uh, and and we're on the men. So um, I know people uh, uh, have been concerned. We got a lot of text messages and phone calls. We thank right. everybody for that. But let's. I like the bypass brothers. I like them. We the might bypass. Yeah, that that's a possibility. I'm sure that hasn't been taken. By the way, <laughs> I, I would hope not. <laughs> but let's um, let's talk uh, briefly about the Super Bowl. Um, I talked to Dick Vermeil right after the game. And uh, by the way, uh, I was discharged from the hospital. Uh, the Saturday before the Super Bowl, <laughs> and the discharge nurse says, she goes, well, as long as it's a lopsided Eagles win and it's a non-stressful game, you should be okay. Well, it was the opposite of that. I was, was going to say, were you back in the hospital Monday? Well, no, I, I was I was doing some uh, calisthenics in my chair, beating my chest, especially <laughs> when that last penalty was called. But I, I did talk to Dick Vermeil after the game, and he thought, the he still thought the Eagles were the better team. He thought that the field conditions – and what they did, for anybody that doesn't know it by now, they, they wet the field and they covered it. It's outside in Arizona. They wheel it back in, but they left it covered. So when the field came back in, it wasn't properly dry, which caused the slick conditions on the field, which really neutralized the Eagles' pass rush. And, of course, 
you know, that was the best part of our defense. So um, I think the Eagles were, were, were hampered by that. And, of course, when you're playing one of the greatest quarterbacks ever, Patrick Mahomes, right. and, and that advantage is neutralized, that, that's a big problem. Um, he Vermeil really thought they, the Eagles were the better team. He did. Yeah, I, I, I don't agree. Oh. Uh, well, I mean, maybe I mean, if you look at 50, 53 versus 53, maybe. But I thought Mahomes is Mahomes. And as good as Hurts was this year, he's not Mahomes. No, oh, and he did he did lay the ball on the field, which resulted in a right. you know a, probably a t- ten or a ten or fourteen point swing that you know right. really dictated the um, outcome of the game. And I, again, but I'm not. Hurts played great. Hurts played for a, you know young quarterback in that on that you know on that stage. I'm not I'm not going to blame Jalen Hurts, but I, <laughs> it all comes down to a couple to me: quarterback, head coach, schemes. I mean, both teams were good. Obviously, you don't get to the Super Bowl without. They're both very good teams. But I thought, I thought Andy Reid and his staff did a, did a better job than Nick Sirianni and his oh. staff in the game. And I thought Patrick Mahomes was Patrick Mahomes. I mean, God, at halftime, I didn't know if he was going to come back out, and then he does well as Reid, but even more so because he not just Reid came out but didn't really play. Mahomes came out and took over. I think the the best evidence of a coaching disparity in that game was how Jonathan Gannon got undressed on those two uh, wide-open touchdown passes that Mahomes went. It was the same play um, to the other side of the field. And um, it was that, that, that was uh, some either poor communication by the players or yeah, a lack of instruction little. because that, that was terrible. Well, I think what happened, and I, I, and I said this then, I mean, months ago when, during the game, and um, the first half, the only, the only player on Kansas City that was hurting the Eagles was the tight end, Kelsey. Yeah. And he was wide open, and that's an area he, of concern. And he was killing them. So yeah. I, I think at halftime, Gannon and his staff decided, listen, we can't let this guy beat us. He's killing us. we got to do something to take him, you know, to to neutralize him. And they did. Second half, Kelsey, didn't, they really did a great job on Kelsey. Mm-hmm. But by doing that, they left Juju Schuster and Marcus Valdez-Scantling and other guys, you know, kind of beat him, which you can't stop everything. And I guess the Eagles' point was, you know, if those guys beat us, they they beat us. But I mean, you, again, I don't know if it was Gannon's mistakes or the players. Just the one play looks, it just looked like um, Slay got lost. I don't know if he thought he had help or yeah. the safety was. I don't know what happened. I mean, I'm not there. I don't know. But he he looked like he just didn't know where to go. Yeah, and it happened on the other side, and it was right. uh, it was an embarrassing situation. But <clears throat> let's also talk about the play at the end of the game. Listen, I get it. Okay, technically that was a holding call, yes. but at some point you've got every eye in New York watching the championship game of the year. Does common sense ever prevail and uh, call down to the field say, "Listen, guys, you really want the championship decided on a ticky tack holding call that's going to decide the outcome of the game? Shouldn't we pick up that flag?" I mean, this happens all the time, and I just thought it was a bad look for the league because they had let some stuff go and. Technically, was it holding? Yes, the ball yeah. was badly overthrown, and it well, it was thrown because the guy was held. Well, but I mean, Mark, it was ten. It was ten yards over his head. So yeah. I don't. But I'm I'm just saying that in my mind, if the if they had not called that penalty, if Kansas City had to kick the field goal, the Eagles had about two minutes to come back. Could have gone down in history as the greatest Super Bowl ever, in my opinion. Yeah, maybe. I mean, if there's you know. 
I don't. I don't want to be there. Hey, remember, Mark, you're talking to Eagles fans here. They want you to agree with me. Well, they I'm not. Desperately want. <laughs> but I'm not because we don't. I mean, I know Eagles fans think they, the Eagles would have definitely scored if they got the ball. Well, you never know, but I, of course you know, not. Yeah, but I mean, they were they were they were marching up and down the field pretty good. They scored seven points second half. Mm-hmm. That's all. I mean, uh, and here's my thing about the whole. Yeah, it was. You can't do that if it's running down the sideline on a, on a, on a go route and there's pushing and shoving and grabbing. And, yeah, he did it in the middle of the field with the ref, right in front of the ref. Oh, Mark, a little tug, a little tug. He on grabbed the, his jersey. A little he tug, a, a tiny little tug. You get? Oh, did, you ever, did you ever play pickup basketball at the YMCA? Come on, man. Well, that's There's, yes. They don't. Yeah. They don't call. It, yeah, they don't call those fouls. That's what I want. No, at the YMCA, they don't. But that's, in the Super Bowl, I, I know what you're saying. I don't like seeing a penalty decide the game, but don't grab them, man. Yeah. I hear you, and you know what? Too, and I like Bradbury. All uh, hey, listen, he 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 admitted it after the game. Yeah, he said I did. He, I did hold him. He said so. I thought I'd get away with it. Yeah. So <laughs> you and, gotta hide it better. <laughs> you know. So when we're gonna when you throw the elbow and at the Y, you throw it like <laughs> nobody's looking. You don't now those, throw it. No, those those guys at the Y are too old to throw the elbow. They just try to trip <laughs> you or something. But anyway, so let's talk about the upcoming season. Now we've got. Drought. Well, there's been a lot of changes to this Eagle team. Well, they have, and, and, and by the way, I forgot to mention that this podcast is sponsored by Jersey Man and Philly Man Magazine. Our April issue is now out. It's got a baseball theme to it, but you read a really good article on the uh, upcoming NFL draft and particularly how it pertains to the Eagles. So if anybody wants to read the magazine for free, please go to jerseymanmagazine.com and click on the link, and you can read a great magazine for free and read Mark's article. But uh, so we're going to talk about the, the this upcoming draft. Now, let's before we jump into picks, let's talk about who the Eagles lost in free agency. They lost um, C.J. Gardner-Johnson and Morris Epps, both their safeties. It was obviously an area they're going to have to address, although they signed two more free agents in that position. Lost two starting linebackers in Kazir White and T.J. Edwards. They did sign Nicholas Morrow from Chicago, which will hopefully help in that. And then uh, J- uh, Javon Hargrave uh, was a big loss, I thought, on right. the interior defensive line. They did pick up uh, Terrell Edmonds, who's a pretty good safety from Pittsburgh. He should certainly be in the rotation. Um, Justin Evans, another safety from Detroit that the team seems to like. And, of course, they got Marcus uh, Mariota that is going to replace um, the kid uh, Gardner Minshew, Minshew. The, the last year's backup, who went to Indianapolis. So but He also uh, lost Miles Sanders. And they lost Miles Sanders. That's correct. And Isaac Sumalo. Right, right. Those are two names. A lot of losses. Yes. I mean, it's a, it's a different looking team. That's a, that's a, we just named a lot. That's a lot of people. And they and they lost both coordinators. Right. Gannon's the head out head coach at Arizona, and Strykin is now the head coach of the Colts. Um, so it's going to be a different look to the Eagles in 2023 than than we saw in 2022. Do you think they won't be as good a team with those losses, or is yet to be seen? The way if depending on how they address the draft. Well, yeah. Let's see. What, well, the, the draft will help, but you can, you don't want to count on rookies um, too much. Well, right well, let's not count on rookies. Let's count on some guys to step up who are on the team, like Jordan Davis. Right. I think needs yes, to be a bigger, exactly. bigger presence. Uh, we've got Cam Jurgens who could actually fill yes. in for that Samalo role if we don't draft anybody. Nicobe Dean is a linebacker right. who's undersized, but he's got a great motor and 
they want him to fill in there. And a kid who I thought played pretty well last year at safety, Matt Blankenship, I, I thought showed some promise. So those, those four guys specifically yeah, really need to step up. Exactly. You, you, you stole my what I was going to say. It's not, it's not necessarily this year's draft class that has to and, – and, and you'll get something from – I mean, the 10th pick in the draft should make some kind of an impact. Um, but, yes, last year's rookies, who are now second-year players, mm-hmm. they, they're the ones that have to – contribute a lot more than they did a year ago yeah for this team to, for this team to get back to where they were i but to answer your original question do i think they'll be better i think and again i don't know the, the, the schedule hasn't come out yet but i think with all the changes and especially with the new coordinators they may start a little slow i i see this team maybe struggling a couple times or maybe not maybe not necessarily losing but you know not winning as convincingly as they did last year early mm-hmm. and maybe and maybe even losing a game or two that early in the season but then getting better as the year goes on, which is what you want to do anyway. Yeah, we neglected to mention Zach Paschal has moved on as oh, well. Yeah. And, and, you know, he's a slot receiver. He's a good special teams player. The team doesn't seem uh, overly enamored with Quez Watkins these days. There's talk about a trade for him, which would lead me to believe that a wide receiver would come into play rather early on in the draft. But the Eagles have two picks in the first round. They've got the number 10 pick. And the number thirty pick, and the second round it's number sixty-two overall. Third round number ninety-four. I got to be honest with you, I haven't done as much draft research to go any beyond the ten uh, that we're going to talk about today. I don't even know who's available at the thirty. I haven't uh, delved that uh, far into it yet. But as far as uh, the Eagles' needs are concerned, I wrote down guard, linebacker, wide receiver. You know, running back is interesting because they signed Rashad Penny from Seattle, who is a really good player, but he has trouble staying on the field. They also re-signed Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott, who I assume are going to be on the team. Yes. So now what do you do? Do you draft a fourth running back? And no. Yeah. So, well, not so these are the guys. Yeah, I mean, here's this, and that's the big talk, right? Everyone, from what I'm hearing, I'm, not, I'm down in South Carolina, but um, I know the local radio stations are making a big deal. Should the Eagles take B. John Robinson, the Texas running back at number 10? Um, it's funny. It seems like things, history comes around, right? Or history re- repeats itself. Mm-hmm. About 24 years ago, there was a big argument about whether the Eagles should take a running back from Texas with their first round pick. A guy named Ricky Williams. Mm-hmm. And they didn't take him. Yeah. And that was right. And that was the right move. Um, listen, if they took Robinson at 10, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't criticize the pick because he's a, from all all indications are he's a very good player. He can he could make a difference in the in the offense. With that said, I don't think they're going to take a running back at number ten. Matter of fact, I've, I've talked to a couple people in the league. Um, I for the draft. I, I write a draft series for Packer Report. It's quite as in depth as the one I used to do when I worked full time at NJ.com. But um, still, I, I talked to a couple scouts, get their opinions on the top players. Um, so I was, I, I talked to him. I also said, I, I, I mentioned to him that the, the talk in Philly is, are the Eagles going to take, take a running back at, at 10? Could, could they take Robinson? And the one, um, the one scout whose team picks, he, they pick after the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Um, but he knows Howie pretty well. And his exact quote was, there's no way in hell Howie's taking a running back at 10. <laughs> <laughs> And then the other guy told me he wasn't quite as explicit, but he, he just said, "I I don't see, I don't see the Eagles taking a running back at ten. The Eagles haven't taken a running back in the first round since 1986. Mm-hmm. That's a long time ago." Yeah. Okay? 
So, so what you're saying is the, those are the three guys. Then Penny, Gainwell, and Scott are the three guys. You're well, and you could take a running back in the third round. You can, but now you got four running backs in the roster. Yeah, see, I don't. Yeah, exactly. Four. That's yeah. yeah you're, I agree. You're right. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't think they. You don't need four a crowded room. Because, and then again, here's the other thing: if you were to take Robinson at ten, like, and I and I know a lot of people are beating that 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 drum. If you take him at ten and he's your guy, you got to give him like twenty calories, right? Yeah. Then what are you doing with Gainwell and Scott oh. and Penny? Yeah. yeah. There's yeah, only man. so many and. You're going to throw the ball a lot because you got, you know, good receivers. You got AJ Brown and Devontae uh, Smith and 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 Dallas Goddard. Yeah, so I, not I, I agree. I agree. I I see them maybe taking a running back later in the draft that could turn into a, that could yeah. turn into a, a practice squad guy. You know, get some seasoning and you know is available or, in case of an injury. A special teams kind of guy, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he helps you on special teams maybe mm-hmm. at, at first. I like you and I both like Gainwell. I love, love Gainwell. I love Boston Scott too. I just wish he was uh, role, yep. three inches taller and thirty pounds heavier <laughs> because he plays. Yeah. He's got the ultimate motor. That guy. I love the way he plays. And Penny's not bad. No, no. If he can stay on the field, right? That's the problem with him. Is, is he, he's been hurt. But if, in this role as a third, you know, he, there's less of it. I mean, the less he plays, the less chance he'll, he'll get hurt, right? So if he's not getting a lot of work, and I, don't, I think the three, I think they're going to split it up pretty evenly, don't you think? I, I, I would I, I would think so, and it wouldn't surprise me if, if Gainwell was the feature back to start the season. Um, I agree, yeah. But let, let's kick around some names okay. who might be available for, for the Eagles at 10. And again, if the if the needs are – the Eagles don't draft linebackers, so I'm not going to guess that – you know, the other thing I wanted to mention before I get into specifics is – I think the Eagles at 10 are going to benefit from all these teams that need quarterbacks. Sure. Because now you're talking about, you know, in addition to uh, the Stroud and the kid from Alabama, you've got uh, the, we've got Richardson from Florida, you've got uh, who is Nevis from Kentucky. From and Kentucky. they're and they're they're probably going to go I would assume. If the four of them go to the top 10, that'll really help the Eagles. That's going to push a really good player down to 10. Sure. You know, so um, they'll get it. They'll be good players there at ten. So what? What? What do you think they're going to do uh, position-wise at that pick? Defensive do they, line. Do, do you think they go defensive line? That's what the Eagles do. Yeah. I mean, again, I'm just basing. I'm I'm going by history, and and trends, and what the. I mean, certain teams do certain things, and in that story that I wrote for for Jersey Man, um, I have some stats in there that. Like I said, the Eagles haven't taken a, a, a running back in the first round since 1986. They haven't taken a defensive back in the first round since 2002, you know, Shepard. And they haven't, and, and they've only taken two defensive backs in the first round since 1990. And they've never, in the history of the franchise, they've never taken a defensive back with a top 20 pick. What was Lito so, Shepard? What what number? Like yeah. twenty four. Well, okay. Something like that. Okay. Um, ben Smith was the other one that was like twenty one, I believe, right. in nineteen ninety. They what they do is they take offensive linemen and defensive linemen. Yeah. Um, when they've had a top fifteen pick, the last I think I think it was the last twelve times they've had a top fifteen pick. Eight of, eight of the twelve have been either an offensive lineman or, or a defensive lineman. Well, let's talk about a defensive lineman. The guy that's dropping in the draft was rated pre-draft the number one prospect in the entire field, and now he's slipping because of some legal problems and a pretty poor senior day. Jalen Carter, does he fall to 10, no. and do the Eagles no. take him if he does? 
Oh, if he, if the Eagles, if he does, Eagles absolutely take him. Mm-hmm. But now I don't think he gets past Seattle at five. And mm-hmm. and if he does get past Seattle at five, he's not getting past the Detroit at six. So no, I don't see Galen Carter falling at all. I mean, that would be that would be great. I mean, again, if the Eagles could look past his problems, but I, and I think they they will. Um, no, but he no, I don't I don't see Jalen Carter falling to ten. That would be listen. This is this is not a great draft. Let me tell you this right now. Right. Uh, of all the drafts I've covered, this I don't even want to tell you how many. This is like <laughs> my thirty ninth round or whatever it is. Um, and from talking to scout, other than um, tight end, tight end, and you'll be proud of this um, as a former tight end. This is a great. This is a great tight end. Yeah, it is. They got this might be one of the best tight end drafts. Four, four ever. highly rated tight ends in this draft, and then four, yeah, four that are very good, and then yeah. there's four more that are pretty darn good as well. Yeah, they're just smaller school guys, uh, which wouldn't shock me if, at thirty if the Eagles took a tight end. Hmm. I don't want to look too far. We're still talking ten, but if one of those good tight ends are there at thirty, I, I mean, if you remember, the Eagles drafted Dallas Goddard when they still had Zach Ertz. Mm-hmm. So that could be a little history there too, you know. I mean, um, but back to ten, the guy I've been—should I re- re- reveal it now? I guess we're getting sure. Um, the guy that I've been pumping for the Eagles at number ten, and I, it's in the magazine as well, is Miles Murphy uh, from from Clemson. Okay. Um, defensive end. He, I mean, he, you could call him a stand. If, if, if he's either a three-four outside linebacker or a four-three defensive end, and I hate comparing, um, you know draft eligible players to current NFL players because it's just not fair sometimes. So I'm not going to say he's like, but he's built like this guy. He has a lot of the same um, traits and personality, even of he's Brandon Graham. Mm-hmm. And the Eagles did pretty well with Brandon Graham, right? Yes, so, they did. And he's who's, still there. Who's back for another, who's back for another year, by the way, as is Fletcher last, Cox. Yeah. Probably his last year. You think Brandon yep. Graham? I, I would think, Hey, listen, the fact that he know. came back off of an Achilles injury, and I've had that injury, I know how debilitating it is, and he had a great year. So, uh, he did. you know, and he and those types of guys bring an energy to the field. You know, if you've ever listened to some of those NFL games where he's miked and he's oh, he's yeah. yapping, he, Fletcher Cox telling him to shut up half the time. It, <laughs> it's really it's really comical to watch. But I I do like those high energy guys. I also you and I I know think the same way. I love drafting guys from Georgia, Alabama, Clemson. They yep, get the Ohio best players State. for a reason, right? Ohio exactly. State. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're all blue chippers coming out of high school. Why would If they improve, why wouldn't they be the best coming out of college? And not only that, they've been on the big stage. Yeah, They've played in front of 80,000 people. And they I played thought, in, in I, big games. And I thought Hurts benefited from that in that Super Bowl. Oh, absolutely. You know, he'd been there, and he wasn't, he wasn't frozen by the moment, and it's easy to do. No, I mean – there are people who tell you, you know, playing if you're if you're an Ohio State player, that playing at Michigan, you know, when it means to, for the for the Big Ten title, that's a, that's a lot, that's as big as any NFL game you're going to play. Yeah, except yeah. maybe the Super Bowl, you know. Well, there's more so, people there. There's a hundred thousand exactly. people there, so and all screaming against you, you know. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I like I like big school play, especially early. You know, you could gamble later on on a kid from wherever and, and you know and you do well sometimes there too but um but no miles Murphy, like i said he reminds me a lot he's built like graham he, he you know he's a pass rushing um defensive end um and he has that personality also that you know like like you said graham has that you know vibrant oh like you said talking yapping this is murphy has a lot of that in him 
which you, which some teams may get turned off by that, but I don't I don't think the Eagles do. Who do you, what do you think about Peter Skaronsky? He can play all well, like, three offensive line positions from Northwestern. Yes. I mean, yes. he's highly projected. I think there's a guy that could go at ten. Oh, if he's still there, that would be a tough decision for the Eagles mm-hmm. because yes, he's he's the best offensive lineman in this draft. He's the most, and he's he's also, uh, from what I'm being told, the most. He, he's again, this isn't a great offensive line draft, but he's the one that can come in and play for you day one. Mm-hmm. The rest of them are kind of. Some of them might turn out to be pretty good, but not right away. Like Paris Johnson from Ohio State, Roderick Jones of Georgia, might both turn out to be pretty good, but not right away. The kid from Northwestern, Skaronsky, his grandfather played for Vince Lombardi on the Super Bowl teams um, in Green Bay. Oh, is that right? Uh, Oh, you know what? I recognize the name now. Holy cow. I never put that together. Yeah. Yeah. He was the offensive line for, for the, he was a, the the Packers starting left tackle. All right. So he's he's got the bloodlines too. Yes, he does. Interesting. Um, So anyway, yeah, that would be. He, uh, the thing on him is he'll probably – he could come in and play guard for you tomorrow and then eventually would probably take over at right tackle for, for Lane Johnson. Right. What, who, so that would be a great pick. I don't think he makes it to 10, to be honest, but he could. Never know. If, again, if those four quarterbacks all go, that's going to push some, put some people down. What do you think about Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech or the kid from uh, Iowa, Lucas Van Ness, both defensive linemen? I like linemen. Wilson. I like Wilson better than Van Ness. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wilson, I don't think will be there. Um, I think he could go to Atlanta at at eight, which means he might be. I mean, you know, it, if it came down to Wilson and Murphy, that would be tough. They're they're both pretty good. Um, I'd probably put Wilson a tad ahead of Murphy. Um, Van Ness, I don't know. He, one scout told me he's the most he's the most media created, overhyped player in the draft. That he. Really? He said, he goes, people keep telling me he's going to go top 10, top 15. He goes, we have a third round grade on him. I mean, he didn't start at Iowa. He, he just came in on passing downs. You know, it's funny how uh, teams look at these. Now, you've got uh, all all these pro scouts see every game, and, and they've got the cut-ups from the team, so they see right. every play, right? But a lot of the decisions are made at the combine. Who, by the way, mistakes. who the hell cares what I, what a forty yard time an offensive guard seriously like I get I it I there there's freaks of nature there's a Jason Kelsey every once in a while that will sprint down the field but most of the time it, it makes no difference now they're talking about Jalen Carter's pro day he was a little bit out of well listen look at him on film can he play football or not right, right? and if he's a great player what difference does his forty yard uh, but you know a lot of this Mark is that it's, it's such big business now. Mm-hmm. That these, Anal- these, analytic. It's analytic. Well, so but these guys line. go by the list, line by line, and if they make a mistake, they can point to the list and say, "This is where this guy was rated." So you're not, you know, I, I think we've had this conversation before. I played with possibly the hardest hitter, one of the greatest players ever played the game, Sam Mills. I played with him for three years with the Stars. He would not be drafted in the first round today because teams oh, no. would not want to take a chance on a five foot nine inch linebacker. But he was the best player out of a small school too, right? Montclair State doesn't get much smaller yeah. than that. <laughs> in the yeah, yeah, no, he doesn't get drafted today at all. He's so, an but, unsigned guy that, that maybe you know you get maybe give him a chance to walk on. Yeah, but the, these teams know? and they're, and they're, you know the, the, it's, there's such volatility, there's such pressure on these GMs and player personnel to grasp that because you know you're handing out tens of millions of dollars early on to a, a player mm-hmm. and you want to make sure that that money's spent right. Speaking of uh, dollars and players, 
When do you think the Jalen Hurts deal gets extended? It's got to be soon, right? Because that's the building block where the Eagles can finally figure out how much they're going to portion to Hurts so they can sign other players. Maybe not necessarily. I think they're going to get the extension done before the season starts this year, even yes. though they have one year. I would year think during camp. That's my guess. Yeah. Because they're doing draft stuff now. Um, I would say sometime between the end of May and the start of the season. Mm-hmm. So during, like, yeah, during the summertime, they, the Eagles have gotten deals done in the, in the past during training camp. A lot. I remember those days, you know, you're at training camp and all of a sudden they say, Hey, we have a, an announcement at three o'clock in the thing. And you find, Oh yeah, we, we just redid so-and-so's deal or we just extended so-and-so. Yeah. That's, that's, if I had to guess, it would, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. July, August, one of, you know, one of those days. What type of I mean, number, that, what type of a number do you think he gets? Oh God, a lot. It's got to get. It's got to get forty million a year for at least four years, right? I would think. Yeah, but the Eagles will probably try to go longer. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, again, the, the the key number will be how much is guaranteed. That's what that that's what it's all about now is getting the guaranteed money. How much is up front? You know, stuff like that. Um, that's the hold up with Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. Well, he wants a guaranteed, and they don't guarantee it. That's. That's why they hate Cleveland in Baltimore because yeah. <laughs> Cleveland opened a Pandora's box yes, with, with that deal, and that's. Uh... But the difference there, though, the difference with with Cleveland and Deshaun Watson is there were three or four teams that wanted Deshaun Watson at the time. Cleveland was not the number one team on his list. Mm-hmm. I think Carolina and Atlanta and I forget the other team were all ahead. So Cleveland had to do something different and and drastic, if you will to convince him to come there and they did they said well guarantee the whole thing and he said oh okay mm-hmm. so yeah that was a little different but now you're right it's set a precedent that other teams are like we're not doing that just <laughs> because Cleveland did it that doesn't mean we're going to do it and uh speaking of quarterbacks and you've got an inside track on info because you covered the Packers what's going on with Aaron Rodgers and the Jets are they both playing chicken I mean that deal's got to yes. get done right? you would think right I mean now I... <laughs> Apparently, the deal was done for a second-round pick this year and a first-round pick next year. Mm-hmm. And then when Rodgers went on the, the Pat McAfee show and said I was 90% sure I was going to retire, the Jets got a little scared. Because they don't – the Jets don't – I mean, I can see the Jets – They, I don't, see they don't want a one-year uh, fix, right? They want right. them for but at least two. Out, but then the Jets the Jets flew out and spent all day with them. Right. In Didn't they ask them that thing? Listen, Rogers. To me, Rogers is a wacko. Is well, he's a little goofy. Yeah, he's oh, as as, as the uh, Mark Murphy, the president of the team, said one time. He said he he's a complicated fellow. Yeah, <laughs> that was being nice. That was the nice way of saying he's, yeah. he's, he's out there. Yeah, and, um, and he's been holding the team hostage for about at least two or three years now. So, well, see this, but this one isn't on him. It's on the teams because he said, "Yeah, I'll go to Jets." So now the teams have to work it out. So. No, I'm, I just overall, every year he goes into the offseason yeah. with an ambivalence. So I don't know if I'm going to play next year. I want to go right. to my dark retreat and think about it. So the, you know, the team has to try to make plans. How long ago did they draft Jordan Love? He's, he's been sitting Same around. Same years hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Oh I mean, no. Well, they the Packers have, have moved on. They're they're Jordan loves. The I, no, I I get it, but this has been lingering on. They drafted Love for a reason. They thought he right. was going to step in in a year or two, and now we're 
three, four years down the road, and it, it still hasn't happened. So, right. yeah, well, I didn't always give an MVP yeah. two years. Well, yeah, and listen, he's a he's a great quarterback. I can't think of anybody I'd rather have back there, uh, given the personality. But hey, listen, Mark, um, great chatting again with you. Uh, everybody should know that we'll do updates uh, as they are warranted. If when the Eagles actually have the draft, we'll probably come on soon after that and give you our opinion of the picks. Uh, we'll probably do something around training camp time as other personnel moves are made. And as news warrants it, we'll, uh, we'll pop on and do a podcast. And, of course, we'll be doing this every week during the season. So, partner, great to be back on with you. Right, Hopefully, yep. health-wise, yeah. we'll have a better year in 23 and then 22, and, uh, and uh, everything will go smoothly. But uh, for Ken Dunnick and Mark Eckel, thanks, everybody, for listening to The Bird Brains with Mark and Ken, and we will talk to you soon. Have a great day. Take care.